Man, we got a great guest here today. All right. So let me read his bio. All right. So I'm, I'm going to read through this list and it kind of speaks for himself. OK, Coach Peavy has led the Duncanville Panthers to back to back to back to back. That's four times, y'all. Texas 6A Boys Basketball State Championships. Since joining the Duncanville ISD family in April of 2018, this brother has not lost a single playoff game. Coach Peavy was named the Max Preps National Coach of the Year in 2021. He has also been named Coach of the Year four times and was twice named to the Texas Association of Basketball Coaches All-State Committee. Listen, y'all, Coach has been invited to speak at the USA Coaches Academy. In 2022, Coach Peavy was named a finalist for the Naismith Coach of the Year and was invited to coach in the, two, the 2022 Jordan Brand Classic. Coach brings more than 25 years of successful coaching experience at the high school and collegiate level. Listen, y'all, this brother believes in developing leaders and promoting discipline on and off the court. He is committed to building a championship team of character, class, and a team that gives total effort. Ladies and gentlemen, those of y'all are watching on YouTube, listening on Apple, Spotify, y'all give it up for Coach David Peavy. Back to back, to back, to back. Coach, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well. So first off, man, I wanna say thank you, you know, for, for giving your time uh, and just, you know, man, coming to share and just break bread with us tonight. I appreciate that. Man, I appreciate you having me, man. It's always good just to speak with you and, and good people, man. Man, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, Coach, man. So let, let's talk about you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about, about Coach David Peavy. Uh, give us some of your background, you know, where you're from. Did you grow up playing ball? How'd you get into coaching, et cetera, et cetera? So go ahead and and, and, and lead us down the pathway. Um, Man, I, I am from San Antonio, born and raised. Okay. Grew, up, grew up in San Antonio, a military town. Um. And my dad was in the Air Force. Okay, that was my question. I was going to ask if your dad was an Air Force guy. He was. He was an Air Force guy. And uh, I did not grow up playing basketball. Uh, my neighborhood uh, was, was all black and Hispanic. My block that I grew up on was Hispanic. Um, so, you know, and you kind of stayed on your block. You know, in my neighborhood, you stayed on your block. And um, I grew up really at, at an early age playing soccer and baseball in the street. Uh, I loved football. Yeah, yeah, loved football. Uh, my brother would sneak away and go down to the elementary school and play basketball. And I just thought he was weird. You know, I thought he was weird for doing that. Um, but, uh, you know, then uh, my dad – when my, my mom and dad got divorced, my dad got stationed overseas. I think the first time was Italy. And while he was there, um, the basketball coach on his base got deployed or, or something, got stationed somewhere else. So the team needed a coach and uh, they posted flyers and he just went in there and started coaching the team. And I guess he liked it. Um, then when he got stationed back into Texas, uh, he went to Dias Air Force Base in Abilene. And uh, my brother and I went to go stay with him for the summer 
when when I was 11 and he was coaching the base team. And I had no idea my dad was a basketball coach. So for that summer, we kind of just went around with him to all his basketball games. And, man, I fell in love with being a coach before I fell in love with basketball. So it was just – I just love being in his locker rooms. I love sitting on his bench. I love the team camaraderie. Um, so, man, it was at an early age I decided I wanted to be a basketball coach. Didn't know what that was going to look like or, or you know, the steps to take. But, uh, but then we moved from uh, west side of San Antonio to Alamo Heights, which, uh, which is completely different, completely different. Um, and when I got there, um, I, I started playing all types of sports, you know, uh, organized, you know, I played Pop Warner football or YMCA football. Then I got on the basketball team and then, uh, I thought I was cold, <clears throat> excuse me. I thought I was cold. I really did. I had no idea. I, I was, I was pretty terrible. I was just very athletic. Uh, so in the seventh grade, I look back now and I I, I kind of piece things together. We had two teams. It was the blue team and the gold team. And I was on the gold team. Just didn't know that was the B team. But I was the coldest on the B team. You couldn't tell me nothing. Um, yeah. But, man, then I just really started taking it seriously. And, and uh, by my freshman year, man, I was pretty good. I was pretty good. And – uh then, you know, I played varsity for my sophomore, junior, senior year, and we were really, really good at Alamo Heights. Um, we lost in the state championship game my senior year to uh, Port Arthur Lincoln. Um, and that what was year? 90, What year was that? 91. 91. Okay. And then, then I, I graduated from Alamo Heights and I went to UTSA and I was just going to be a student. You know, I was going to be a student, and I started playing uh, in the rec with uh, a lot of the guys and some of the younger guys. Well, really, there was only one freshman on the team from Chicago. Um, there was one sophomore on the team, and the rest of the team were juniors and seniors. And uh, I was hooping with some of their guys in the rec, and, um, you know, a couple of them guys went to Coach Starner, and next thing I know, he had called me and asked me if I wanted to walk on. And of course, so I, I, I joined the basketball team at, at UTSA. And uh, as soon as I, I joined the team, I didn't realize that I still was supposed to go to class. So uh, I went to practice every day. I went to all, the, I went to all the games, but uh, I, I, I really never, ever, ever went to class. So after my freshman year, I was uh, politely asked to leave. And then after that, man, I decided that uh, I wanted to be a college basketball player, not just on somebody's team. And uh, so I didn't care about level. You know, I had already been at the Division One level and got to sit the bench a whole lot. Um and so I, you know, I got recruited by a few pretty bad Division One schools. Um, and some really good Division II schools. So I decided to uh, go back home and play that Incarnate Word, which was uh, Division II at the time. And I uh, played for a very, very, very good um, college coach in Danny Casper. He was tough, very tough. Um, but, you know, in the back up a little bit, when I was in high school, I played for a legend, 
um, Charlie Boggess, and okay. a lot of other – and some of his assistants were unbelievable coaches that ended up being great head coaches. So once I moved to Alamo Heights, man, I, I played for some really, really good basketball coaches. So I learned the game um, for, from some good basketball coaches. Um, and then, again, I went to play at uh, Incarnate Word where I finished up. And then uh, my first coaching job – uh, after I was done playing, uh, Danny Casper called me in his office and said, hey, they've got a freshman coaching position at St. Anthony High School, which was uh, maybe a mile, not less than a mile from uh, Incarnate Word. So I went over there um, while I was getting my master's. I was uh, coaching freshman basketball. So I showed up and the varsity coach was the priest of of the school in the church there at St. Anthony. Okay. He didn't know basketball. Didn't know did know basketball, but he was a really good dude. And uh so I would coach the freshmen and sit on the bench for the varsity. And you know, while the game was going on, I would be, you know, talking to to the priest and I'm like, coach man, you you gotta you call this. And he'd say, you you do it, you do it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm shouting stuff out and, and I said, man, call a timeout, call a timeout. So we call a timeout and he would get the team together and say, okay, uh, PV, talk to him. So basically he had me coaching the varsity team. Um, so it was a great experience. Um, I didn't get paid traditionally. Um, at the end of the night, they would take all the money from the concession stand and give it to me. Um, so, so, you know, I would make about, you know, $36 a night on, on game night and then, yeah. Uh, yeah, but then at the semester, it was crazy. So the women's coach at Incarnate Word, she calls me over Christmas and says, Hey, my assistant went home for Christmas and he's not coming back. I need an assistant right away. So I had to go leave the freshman coaching position at St. Anthony, and I became a college basketball coach overnight. And uh, so I, I was a women's assistant basketball coach at Incarnate Word for a year and a half. Um, and Sally Walling was the head coach. She was very young, a very young head coach at the college level. And she gave me a lot of responsibilities, man. She uh, I was I was the only recruiter. I stayed on the road. I, I ran our defense and I ran our strength and conditioning. Um, and uh, it was a great experience, great experience. And then after that year and a half, my high school coach calls and says, hey, I, I, I need you to come and be my assistant. Um, and I, you know, I thought I was big time. I'm like, man, I'm a college coach. And uh, he was like, come on, man, be serious. You, you're making you're making you know, $15 every two weeks, man, come, come make some money and, and learn how to be a high school coach. And I'm glad, uh, I mean, it didn't take him long to, to convince me. I was on his staff for four years, um, learned from a, learned from a legend. And, uh, and then when it was time to go, man, he kicked me out the door and, uh, I got my first head coaching job at Gonzalez high school which is uh, okay. between San Antonio and Houston, um, right off of I-10. And uh, I, I went there for two years and coached some dudes at, at the 3A level, man. I had a 6'9 uh, kid 
Daryl Dora that ended up playing for Bobby Knight at Texas Tech. Okay. Um, okay. Really shoot, really pass. Uh, I had a 6'3 point guard that could jump out the gym. So with two, those two dudes, you, you're going to win a lot of games. So On the 3A level, yeah. At the 3A level, we yeah. we lost in the regional finals um, and just had one of them nights, one of those nights. Um, we were probably, if I had to look back, we were probably the second best team in the state that year. Um, but, but we didn't make it to state. And then, uh, I coached one more year there. We won district. And then I got the, uh, high tower job in Houston. Um, so I was there for two years and had some, had some real ones, had some dudes, very, very, a team full of very good college guards, um, with DJ Augustine being, being one of them. So, you know, he was there my second year. Um, won a lot of games and put a lot of kids into college. Um, and then I went back to college and uh, coached at Stephen F. Austin for okay. Danny Casper, who had gone from Incarnate Word to Stephen F. Austin. So I was on his staff for a year, and it didn't take me long to realize I was a high school coach. You know, I was on his staff, and two months in, I was like, man, I, this is this is not what I need to be doing. So I stayed there that one year. And then I went to uh, Aikens High School in Austin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was there for eight years. The first three, I was the head boys basketball coach. The next four, I was the athletic director and the head boys basketball coach. And the eighth year, I was just the athletic director. I, I didn't coach my last year there. Um, and then, uh, after that, my son who played his freshman year at steel high school in San Antonio told me he wanted to come play for me. Um, well, I had already given up my basketball position and I wasn't going to take that back. So I had to go find another job. And so I landed at DeCaney high school in, uh, in spring, spring ISD. And uh, so I was there for three years and got to coach uh, DJ for those three years. And then uh, my son, Micah, for for his first two years in high school. So my last two years, I had both of my sons. Um, that was a great experience. And we, we, we won a lot of games, won a lot of games. And the last two years, we went to regionals. And then uh, after that last game, um, we lost at regionals and uh, a guy was sitting outside of my locker room after the game. I said, coach, I hate to talk to you right after a loss, but uh, we're, we're moving fast on this. Would you be interested in Duncanville? And at the time I said, no. And he looked at me like I was crazy and, <laughs> and I get it now, now that I'm doing what I'm doing, I get it. Why he looked at me like I was crazy um, but there were there were some reasons for it. You know, my um, my ex-wife, uh, my son's mom had just moved to, to Houston to, to bring, you know, some so I could coach my sons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just didn't think it was fair for me to ask her to move to, to Dallas. But uh, but she was she was willing to do whatever was best for for our son. And he wanted to go. He was ready to go. Um, and I'm glad because, uh, you know, I've been at Duncanville ever since. Coach, man, that is 
an amazing story. You know, I, I so I read the bio. Right. And the bio is filled with um, accolades. Right. And success. But that didn't happen overnight. Oh, no, that didn't happen overnight. You know, so one of the things um, that I look at, you know, because I think as coaches, man, we all we all want that success. Right. You know, we're, we all want to play in those regional tournament games, those state tournament games. If we are so fortunate to get the opportunity. But one of the things that I love to do is I, I like to get that program and I like to see how long coaches have been doing what they do. Right. And there are there are no young coaches, you know, and, and I'm, I'm saying young, meaning like, you know, second, third year, fourth year coaches. Right? The, right. Those coaches, you don't see them at the state tournament. You don't see those coaches in those games. You know, so it's not a mistake. You know, it's not a mistake. I always uh, when I get to the end of every year, I'm like, man, I'm so much better than I was the year before just because I got a year older. Right. You know. So, coach, man, that's that's man, that's an amazing story, man. You always how old were you when you first knew that you wanted to be a coach? You said you were like 11, maybe 11, 11, 11. Man, that's what's up. That's what's up. That coaching is the only thing I ever wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, crazy. And, and it's crazy, man. So throughout this time, I considered, you know, bef right before I came to Duncanville, I was in a in a part of my career is like, man, what do I want to do? You know, and I was really close to uh, to, to getting out. And um, but I, I felt like, man, what I what I thought I wanted to do was start a business, a company or something that kind of bridged the gap between high school coaches and the AAU coaches. And um and I didn't know what that was going to look like. Yeah, I didn't know what that was going to look like. I just, uh, man, I, I just, <clears throat> over the years, man, I, I have really been involved, of course, as a high school coach. You know, I, I did the college deal, but I also I coached some AU. I was with uh, Hard Work in San Antonio, um, and we had some high-level, it was a high-level program, a lot of success, some great people and great kids. And uh, so I got to see this game and these kids and these parents from all different angles. And uh, and I just was like, man, there's a lot of high school coaches that have negative feelings towards AU coaches. And there's a lot of AU coaches that have negative feelings towards high school coaches. And I just came to the conclusion it's it's high school coaches are resenting AU coaches for not doing the job that they do and vice versa. AAU yeah. coaches, yeah. they look at all the things that they do and it's like, well, man, I'm doing all this. A high school coach don't do that. Well, that's not, everybody's got different jobs. And, but we're, if we're all here to do the same thing and be here for these kids um, and do what's best by them. And if we, if we find a way that we can work together, man, we can help a lot more, uh, of these young men that we work with. Um, so I just, I just got in a place where, I mean, I, I wanted to stay in the game somehow. I wanted to, to keep on being able to help these families and these players um, navigate 
um, this next this ne- next part of their lives um, and this journey from high school to college. And I just felt like, man, if we can bridge this gap between high school and AAU, we can we can impact a lot more lives. Man, that's that that's needed, coach. And what you said, I, man, listen, I when we get to, you know, this time of year, you know, March, April, May, um, <clears throat> and, and, you know, you get to scrolling through Twitter, you know, and as a high school coach, you know, you you start seeing some of the, you know, some of the things that come from some of the AAU coaches. Right. And right. then then you start seeing some of the back and forth. But if it's really about the kids. If it's really about the kids, we got to we got to figure out a way to bridge that gap. So we got to swallow ego, man. High school coaches swallow ego. AAU coaches swallow ego. You know, we're not trying to. To outdo each other. That's just right. me. That's just me. The way no, I look at no it. No question. I mean, there, you, 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 you hit it <laughs> on the head, man. There's a lot of egos in this in this profession and in this business, in this business. And I call it a business. A yeah, lot of yeah. egos. And a lot of egos that get in the way of progress and, and success. And um, so, you know, I didn't like it's like I said, I didn't know what that was going to look like. But that's that, those are some of the things I was thinking about. But, uh, you know, fortunately, I don't have to do that yet. Um, but but what I do, um, man, I, I, I try really hard to have great relationships with the uh with all really all the AAU coaches that that I come in contact with um especially the ones that my players play for and um I try to give them as much support as I can man and let them know like I I'm, I respect them I respect what they do um I'm not going to step on their toes and I expect them to 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 give me the same respect when it's when it's my turn and and it's my season um so like in my program, man, we don't do spring. We don't do spring league. Uh, we don't do summer league. Um, okay. All okay. of my guys play AAU. And um, I just – and I think, man, I think too many coaches and, – and I'm not saying it's wrong. I, it's just not the way I like doing it. But I think uh, – and what I have found by us not doing spring, doing stuff with them in the spring and in the summer, now we work out. We work out in the in the summer, four days a week, and we do all of that, and, and that's where we grow. But I think by letting them all go off and play with their AAU teams, man, they get to grow. They get to play in different roles, and then they bring something back to the table when they come back and we get, get them back together. So – if I kept them all together in the spring, then they're not they're not going to grow. I don't think as much as as they they can if they get to go play. You know, some guys they go to this AU team and they're the guy, and yeah. and you know, with us they might have this type of role. Then they go over there and now they gotta they gotta go be a really good screen setter. You know, and it's like so now they come back to me and yeah, you still get to do what you did for me, but now you're a better screen setter. Or, man, if you wanted to get the play, you got you got a rebound or, or, you know, just different things, man. I just I have seen it over the years that these kids get to grow if you if you let them. Yeah. So one one of the questions, you know, I, I have this list of potential discussion questions. And one of the questions is, are you a system guy or a player development guy? But you just answered that you're a player development guy, right? No question. Yeah, now, you know, now, go ahead. with that being said, we all have our own ideas, you know, 
Um, I love to play certain ways, but I'm a tweaker, man, and not not the bad tweak. Um, I, I tweak, <laughs> I tweak, I tweak things according to my personnel. Um, like we love to play fast, and I fortunately I have had players that that fit that fit yeah. that. I've had some really good athletes. Um, and I think we play uh, uh, at a pace that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. We practice that pace every single day. So it's hard to prepare. If you don't do this on a daily basis, if you're trying to do a scouting report and, and you're working on it for a couple of days, that's not going to get it. That's not going to get it. Um, we like to pressure you in a way um, to make you feel uncomfortable on both ends, offensively and defensively. But as but but that would be the only system I have, and and to play the way we want to play, we have to we have to skill develop a lot. We 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 do a lot of shooting. We do a lot of ball handling, um, and everything we do. If you come to our practices, everything we do looks like the way we're going to play. Like we're going all of our drills are going to be fast. All of our ball handling is going to be fast. We're going to we're going to do a lot of ball handling with defensive pressure. Um we do a lot of defensive drills with ball handlers to 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 work on staying in front of the ball and putting a lot of pressure. So it is um I, I so that system is in place, but yes, I'm more of a skill development type of guy to to be able to play the way we play. Coach, that's good. So somebody's going to listen, somebody's going to watch, and they're like, oh, man, Coach Peavy is – he's laying out the blueprint. But the thing I want to point out is, like, you know, it, it's a blueprint, but it's a blueprint that you've been working on for years. And we, we got to not leave this one little thing out. You got to have players. There it is. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, because I don't want, like I, I say this every time I speak, man, I get up and speak in front of people or I do podcasts or I do interviews and I, I never want people to, man, Coach Peavy thinks he's this. He's, no, 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 no. I think I have become very good at getting the best out of really good players. But um, can I do the winning that I have done, can I have the success that I have done without having the dudes that I have had? Come on now. Like, like I, I understand this. Like, you know what I mean? I, I got these grays in my beard right now. I've been doing this a long time. And I know that, uh, man, you got to have some really, really good players to, to, to do the things that we are doing. Um, but – you know, I think we have a good system and a good culture to where um, our kids know what the expectations are. They buy in, our families buy in, and that's that's key. That is huge. We have great families that understand the commitment that these these young men have got to put in, um, and and they know what the job is, and uh, and they support that, and and they embrace it. Coach, that's good. That's good. And that, that's good. So as far as player development goes, if I don't have the players, so, and just, this is a, a, a subjective question. Every coach may answer it different. If I don't have the players, so do I need to spend more time on 
you know, building a system that they can thrive in? Or do I need to spend more time working on player development or a combination of both? What are your thoughts on that? I would say a combination. I would say a combination of both. And uh, I think <clears throat> I think where a lot of, of people get get confused with player development, I'll go to player development. I watch a lot of I watch a lot of trainers and, and, and guys mm-hmm. that work skill with players. And uh, and there's some really good ones, really good ones. Great, great, great skill development guys and trainers in Houston. And we've got a lot of really good ones in, in Dallas um, and across the state, but I can I can speak on the ones that I know in Dallas. They're really, really, really good, really good. And the great ones, they spend time learning their players that they're working with. They'll watch film. They'll go watch those guys play, and they'll design workouts individually and specifically for those players to be successful for the coach or the system that they need to be good in. Um, and then you have a lot of trainers who they they too many of them train every player to be Kobe or James Harden or and it's like that's not what that kid needs to really be good at, you know. So another thing I think we we do a great job with. You'll come to our practice, man, and you'll see four different groups of players doing skill development differently because of the jobs that they need to have. Um, I've got kids that, man, they are shooters. Um, and, 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 and I've had arguments with some of my, my younger coaches, man, um, that are like, man, like coach. So, I, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll use a specific example. I just had a kid. I had eight seniors this year, and and they're all going to play college basketball. Um, six of them are going to play Division One. Um, one of them is the seventh is going to play at Texas Westland, and then the eighth one is 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 saying that he wants to walk on at uh, U of H. Now, I don't know how smart that is to be a walk on for Coach Sampson. That's crazy. And I love Samson. He's my dude. But uh, but those are my eight guys. Well, one of them, uh, a lot of people know him. He's the, he's the only white kid we've had since I've been at Duncanville, Jackson Prince. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Unbelievable shooter. He, he, he is a preferred – he's going to be a preferred walk-on at, at the University of Texas. And um, his, his sophomore year, he was not allowed to step a toe inside the three-point line on offense. And uh, and I and, and I had a coach like, Coach, why are you doing that? Like, man, you're hurting that kid. I'm like, I said, you know, how am I hurting this kid? Why would you want me to let this kid do something he's not good at? He is really good at sprinting to that corner and shooting shots because he That's needs y'all right. to get him the ball because so he can do his job. And so now then by his junior year, he got to shot fake and take one power dribble to a pull up. You know, he could either shoot the open shot or he but he and he knew we're not playing. We're not playing around with the ball. You don't get to make extra moves. And now by his senior year, he got to shoot runners and floaters and it, it, it but it all works when guys understand their roles 
And uh, and then it sets them up to have a successful role at the next level. And all of our guys that go off to play college, I hear from college coaches all the time on how ready our 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 guys are as freshmen to step out there and contribute. Um, they don't have a lot of struggle because most college kids, they come to, to college getting being able to do everything because they had to do everything where they came from. Everybody was was their Kobe or their or their Kyrie um, where they came from. And then when they get to college, they have they struggle with a role. Well, my guys, they typically play the same role at on their freshman year as they did at w- w- what their role was at Duncanville. So, you know, that, that, those are some th- different things you'll see in our workouts. Uh, our skill development will be grouped. What I Here's what I heard, Coach. I heard we keep it simple at Duncanville. It's very simple. Very, very simple. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's that is now, man, we all want to be Coach Peavy when we grow up. You know, mm. no doubt about it. We we want that success. But I one one thing that, you know, and I haven't been in the trade as long as you have, but every year I learn how to cut something back. Now we don't need to do this anymore. We need to simplify this. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad that I heard you say that. You know, that's so if y'all are watching, listening, if if you wrote down every single thing that coach said, I'm gonna just tell you right now, man, simplify that. Simplify that, coach. That's good well, stuff. My, well, I mean, I'll, I'll add on top of that, and I don't want to mess your, your 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 interview up, man. But no, we, no, we, coach, we try good. we try to take out all the fluff. If it's not what we do, you're not gonna see it in our practice. And 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 now it changes all the time. We tweak stuff all the time. Now we might think, man, this is what we're gonna do, and we work on it, we work on it, we work on it. And then we get into the games and we start seeing, hey man, we're not doing that. Well, let's take it out. We don't need to spend time on that. I'm gonna I'm give a secret away, man. We we don't work on press break. We don't work on press break. Like I, I and and we go to college practices all the time. And it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it it's mind boggling to me. I'll go to a college practice and I'll watch them work on four different press breaks. And I'm like, what? First of all, I don't even see that many presses in, in college. I don't see teams pressing like that in college. And I'm like, I, I don't get it. Like now, uh, granted, I have really good players. And I started this when I had when I was at Hightower and I had a team full of guards, one of them being DJ Augustine. Mm-hmm. And it was like we worked on press break. We worked on press break. We worked on press break. Then we get in the game. We get a ball to DJ. And that was all we needed to do. <laughs> that was your press then, break right there. Yeah. And then when DJ wasn't in the game, we gave a ball to Chris Smith and that's all we had to do. And it was like, man, how about we stretch the floor, put, move people around and teach them spacing and read the floor. And we just attack and we're trying to score against press. But we don't work on on press break. We'll, we scrimmage a lot and we'll work on our press. And then it was like, all right, press. And then we just work on like, and usually it's up against our JV. We'll go varsity against our JV and JV's got a press and we just attack and we got score. Just go score, go score. And then. And then we get in the games and people don't press us very much. Yeah, yeah. That listen, it's simple. Spacing, 
I steal from football. I don't I don't know. Is that something you do that you do steal from football? I steal from any anybody and any any coach, any anything that's going to work. Yeah, we're going to steal it. Yeah, because, you know, the, the concept that I was, you know, I stole from football was like, listen, man, we're trying to get the ball to our best players in space. So I'm like, man, that's just that just that's simple. That's just common sense. You know, get the ball to your best players in space. All right, coach, we're going to pivot just a little bit right here, man. A little bit right here. I want to ask you this question. You coached all over the state of Texas. And we're not, you know, we're not throwing shade at anybody. But typically, (laughs) um, it typically comes down to Houston versus Dallas. Yeah. So, coach, in your opinion, what is the difference between Houston and Dallas? culture the, the basketball culture in Dallas embraces coaching it really does mm. um, it, it it's it um I'm gonna I'm rub some people the wrong way and I've got a lot of friends in in Houston um there's lots of talent uh but the basketball the last, well, it's been a lot, several years now has been better in Dallas. And I didn't know why until I got here. And these kids embrace coaching. They, they, they handle it so much better. It's a lot less pushback from the players and their parents. The parents allow you to coach these kids harder. They, their expectations are different. Um, and I'm going to say this too. There is a lot more support in the basketball community as a whole. You will have people, AAU coaches, parents, and players rooting for each other. Everybody wants to be good and they want everybody else to eat. I see a lot of fighting in Houston where, um, I'm going I'm going to I'm going to promote mine by knocking yours down. Um I'm going to throw shade at yours so mine looks better. Um and that happens a lot less in Dallas. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it happens a lot less in Dallas. Um and it, it is just it's created a, a different type of culture and and these kids have, have have thrived. I mean, there's it's not no secret that we had five McDonald's All Americans last year. Um, yeah. This year we had the only McDonald's All American. Um, and then, well, really not just that because you know one of our kids left and went prep. And, and you know, I still hell he was he was only gone for one year, so I I still claim um, him as a Dallas kid. So I mean, it, it's just good, but but. Um, but man, I, I want all these kids to eat. I do. I want all of them to be successful. I'm a Texan, you know. I want all these kids from Texas to do well. Um, and I and I really do think that the uh, the Dallas versus Houston um, beef is getting a lot better. It's getting a lot better. Um, I think you know the, these kids and these 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 parents and these people who who are in this community in the basketball world are really uh, they 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 they're showing a lot more love for each other right now. I think that's good. That's good, man. Basketball. I'm I'm not a native Texan. Let me say that I'm not a native Texan, 
But man, the basketball here is so good. You know, there there's some guys. I'm from I'm from Louisiana, right? So there's some well, guys and some young women, you know, that that come out of the state of Louisiana, man, that can flat out play. But Texas is different. <laughs> Texas, Texas is, is different, different, man. And Texas I, I can different. tell you this, you know, we've been playing all over the country the last few years. Yeah. And we play, and then when they come into town, we play the best um, from out of state, and it, it's it's wild, it's wild. Well, I don't mean to dog um, Louisiana, but like not this year, but last year, we played the two best teams from Louisiana, yeah, in uh, in one of the hoop fests in Texarkana, and we beat one of them by thirty, we beat one of them by forty. Then we we played the the best team from Georgia, Wheeler who has a really, really good player, Isaiah Collier. We beat them by 30 or 40. Um, you know, it, and, and then we, you know, we beat the best teams from California. Like, and and I'm I'm saying, and our kids are like, dang, that's the best in their state. Well, man, they would come in third or fourth in our district. And I mean, well, I mean, look, I mean, DeSoto, you know, DeSoto made it to state from our, from our, di- and like, we're looking like, man, that they were better, you know, and they were in our district. And we, we would look at man, four or five teams in our district that would beat those teams that we played. Um, it's tough. I mean, Texas is it's every night. It's every night. And there's a lot of really good players, a lot of really good coaches, a lot of really good coaches. And like I said before, a lot of, a lot of good trainers and AU coaches that are really, I mean, People, I mean, there. I know a a lot of AAU coaches that study and watch film, you know, and people don't realize like they are really they, they they're taking this thing serious. That's good. That's good. So, man, well, coach, we've talked a lot of ball. Let, let's talk a little bit. You know, let's, let's talk about coaching a little bit. So, you know, do I, we we still have these coaching giants, right? But are we seeing young coaches try to position themselves under coaches? Are we seeing young coaches uh, make phone calls and and just you know? just go and sit down and just and chop it up with some of these coaches who are more seasoned. Are, are you seeing that? So, yeah, some, I, I, I have a couple, I got a couple uh young cats that, that call me on the regular, you know, um, you know, couple in particular, I mean, they're, they're, they're religious with it I and mean, they're faithful with, with, a month doesn't go by without, you know, them scheduling an hour, coach. I need, I need an hour. And it, it is, and they come and it's crazy. Like they're way better than I was. Like, I wish I would have done that more, but they come organized with, with questions, you know, that they have written down and, and scenarios and, you know, it, it's, it's cool, but, but most, mostly it's when we run into each other, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. I live in the gym. You know, I stay in the gym. I'm in the gym every weekend during AU, and I run into a lot of young coaches. and And a lot of times, we'll just sit and chop it up. Um, you know, we'll go to Papados and and sit and and uh, and and really talk coaching and talk culture and basketball and anything really they need they need help with because. Um, you know, all of us we don't make it in this business as long as we have without help you know it's hard it it is it is hard um and and you know i don't know about you but i'm I'm gonna assume as long as you've been coaching there there have been many times where you considered getting out 
because of the difficulties and, and the, the struggles and the stress. And uh, we had to have people walk us through and get us to the next step um, so we could keep going. And, you know, I, I, I never say no. Um, if anybody needs help, if they call me, if they email me, um, if they want to come, come up here and meet, man, I come. I, I mean, it's just, I love it. I love what I do. And I want to be able to help as many young people, meaning these high school kids get to the next level. And I have found the more coaches I can help, the more young men I can help. Um, so I, that's where I'm at in my career right now, man. I'm trying to help as many young coaches so so they can touch more um, and help more uh, uh, be successful. Multiplying that impact. And listen, y'all, what he's saying is real because I, I coach on the on the women's side. I coach young women, but I, I have called Coach Peavy, right, and asked him some questions. Uh my my first time making it to uh you know like a, a regional semifinal. I called him. You know, I hey, it's my first time being here. Tell me about tell me about officials. Talk to me about officials, right? I you know, so um I hit him up. I, I got his number. You know, if I ever text him, he always texts me back. So what he's telling y'all is the truth. The brother gives back. So why are we talking about coaching? You talked about some things that are really hard, coach. What are some of the hardest things? Um about coaching that nobody really knows um i mean we're, 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 we're you gotta you gotta be more than a coach you know you gotta be you, you wear a lot more hats than than coaching basketball you know we're, we're talking yeah. basketball right now um I, I spoke i was speaking with somebody yesterday i don't remember who but you 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 got to try to learn your kids, try to try to learn who they are and get to know them, get to know them. Um, and, and it will help you help them. It will help you be a better coach to them. Once you know them a little bit more, know what they like, know, know who their favorite rapper is, who, who what kind of music they listen to, um, yeah. what they do outside of basketball. And once they start trusting you and they start feeling like, hey, man, coach cares about me a little bit, then you can start really getting to understand what's going on at home. And, uh, and, and you know, then they will start trusting you. And, they, you know, I've got I've got kids that will come in here and I mean, they they, they put it on. They just put it all out there. And they, they coach, I'm struggling with this, um, man, whatever it is. And and once. Once that happens, then your culture is where it needs to be. And, and that's part of us getting to where we are. We're, we're a, we are a truth-telling culture. Um, and it's hard to get there, you know. But but one thing I, I, I tell people, man, it, it becomes easy when you can really tell the truth. And, and then once the kids trust you, they handle the truth a lot better because the truth hurts sometimes. And then, uh, and then that's parents gym, are always in trouble. That's a What's gym. that? Like? That's a gym. You just dropped yeah. a gym right there. Yeah. And then uh, of course, parents, parents, um, over the years, you know, I've had some, I've had some good ones <laughs> in, in, in every sense of the word, but, uh, but, but they've gotten a lot better 
when I became a much better coach, when I learned that that you get a lot more done by 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 always telling the truth, not not talking in circles, not sugarcoating, um, but be respectful, be tactful, um, but but be honest, be honest, um, and and then you, I mean, everybody, okay, this is what parents want. Ultimately, they want you to love their child. They want you to love their child. Do right by their child. Yeah. And uh, and the basketball is secondary to that. Now, they all care about basketball. You know, if they're in your program, they all want their baby. And this is another thing parents want. All parents want their child and the four best players to play. Always. Um, always. 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 You know, and and um, but at the end of the day, they you know we 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 tell the truth and we let them know what it is we're doing, and and the parents in our program are great because they know what we do for their kids. We work, we grind, and we give. We've had kids that got very very little playing time that got scholarships to play in college. We got kids that like never got to play and we got them opportunities to play at the next level. We had, we, we get our managers opportunities to be managers on the, on the college level, if that's what they want to do. Um, it, you know, I have one kid, I've had very few that have come through my program that didn't want to play in college, but I, I had one that wanted to be a welder. So we went to work and helped him find some programs to 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 be successful moving forward on what he wanted to do, um, I got one that uh, he's making more money than all of us, uh, selling homes and flipping homes, and he 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 did one year in college, and uh, man, the dude is he he's he's big time. So um, I just feel like man, we we do a lot of things in our program that. You know, and we, we just say we we just gonna create habits necessary to be successful. And 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 it's gonna carry over in everything that you do moving forward. And when when you come through our program, if you can make it all the way through, and it's very, very hard, it's very difficult. But if you can make it through, I have all the confidence in the world that you are going to be a successful person because you have the habits necessary to be successful. That's good. That's good stuff, coach. All right. Check this out. We get we getting we kind of coming down to the tail end. So I just want to throw a couple of things at you while I got you here. All right. Check this out. So new rule, new rule change coming. Right. So right. we're going no more, no more one in one, which personally, um, you know, when, when people talk about shot clock and all of that, my, my thoughts and I, I probably tweeted about it, you know, so I'm, I'm plugging myself right here. Um, I was like, listen, I want to see two things. I want to see five fouls and two shots. Right. And I want to see the ball advanced. I think those things will happen before we get a shot clock. So, so what are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm, man, I'm always looking for anything that makes the game better. Um, I like it. You know, I like it. It, it makes sense. Um, you know, we, we've, I think it does speed the game up a little bit and, you know, and it, and it 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 lets referees off the hook too. I think you know, like referees, man, they they can have a bad night too, or have a bad quarter. 
you know, and you don't want them to have, man, that was a tough call. That's a tough call. Before you know it, now a team is in the bonus for the whole half. Well, it resets after the quarter. So, I mean, yeah, those fouls that that were in the first quarter, okay, now the referees have settled down. They've adjusted. You know, they got out of their funk. Our kids have adjusted. They stopped using their hands. They're moving their feet better. And now it's like, okay, let's let's restart. And uh, we don't have to just shoot free throws all game. You know, let's play basketball. So I like that rule. And uh, I haven't thought too much about the, the advancing the ball, but I like that too. Um, you know, shoot, it, it, everything I think, uh, whenever you make changes, it, it, it makes you change coaching. So, and that, it gives you one more thing you got to coach. And, um, and I love it. I mean, I'm always looking for ways to get better. I'm always looking for new challenges. So, you know, that's, that's more coaching to do. Okay. So, so what do you think is the tougher job coaching or officiating? Oh, officiating. Yeah. No question. No question. I have so much respect um, for officials. I mean, we got tough jobs as coaches, and everybody thinks they can do our job better than us. Um, but And we get yelled at, and we get criticized, and all that other good stuff. But, you know, we don't – we don't it, – it, man, referees? Like, I tried it one summer. I tried it one summer when I was coaching at Incarnate Word on the women's side. We ran a girls' league, and I refereed. And I'm I'm so embarrassed on some of the things that came out of my mouth. You know, when a young lady would say something to me, I would snap back. I'm cussing at parents, and I, my my thin is way too thin, man. I. I I can't take it. Like I take it real personal and I hear everything. So there's no way, no way I could, I could be a referee. All right. Coach, if, if you could do anything other than coaching, what would it be? Man, I like what you're doing right now, man. I would just be a a, a podcast host. That's what I would do. Man, listen, this is my hobby. I suck at golf. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. You know, I'm, I'm really like a nerd, man. So I really right. just like talking to people and, you know, and, and hearing their perspectives on things. That's that's how I get better. You know, that's I, I don't how have I, I don't have any hobbies either. You know what I, I, I think I might want to do in, in the near future? And I've started it. Uh, I like speaking, man. And it's crazy because I hated giving speeches in school. I get panic attacks and anxiety, like for real, like. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. but speaking about what I know and speaking about culture and team building, um, man, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind doing that uh, after coaching, you know, going into corporations and and talking to them about um, team building and culture. Man, definitely, I definitely think there's a there's a place. I know there's a place for you in that arena coming down the coming down the pipe. All right, coach, this is it's crunch time. All right. It's crunch yep. time. So, so I got a three, two, one, and then we're going to wrap up after that. All right. So the three is three in the key. All right. Give us three things that all coaches need. Three things that all coaches need. What you got? Passion. Patience. And um, professionalism. Ah, that's good, coach. So passion, patience, and professionalism. Yeah. 
that's good stuff right there. Let me let me do the three the correct way. This this how the three is done nowadays. Three P's. Three P's. There it is. All right, coach. Three P's and the two shots. Two shots right here. What are two of the most foul things that you've experienced as a coach? Two of the foulest things you've experienced. Um, I mean, I we just talked about officiating. I I, I was out. I think officials do a great job for the most part. Sometimes they have a bad night, but I I know in my heart I was cheated one time uh, in a very 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 big game, um, uh, and, and that was foul. That was foul. It was a playoff game, so not only did we lose, it ended it ended some kids playing careers in the high school. Most of those kids got on, got to go play college. That was foul. That was really foul. Um, another thing that was foul since I've been a coach. Um, man, I, I don't. Man, I, I I can't think of. I really can't. I can't think coach, of anything. Listen, that's good. I've been coaching a long time. Yeah, yeah. Nothing that's foul. Nothing foul. That's good. That's yeah. good. All right, coach, last thing. This is the and one. So one thing, anything that you'd like to share before we exit. So in, I, I do another podcast. I always give my shameless plug right here. It's called The Network with Michael Prejean. So y'all can go check that out too. Uh, this one thing, listen, nobody asked for this. Nobody asked for this, but you're going to give it to us anyway. So one thing, anything that you want to share before we exit. Oh, I mean, no, Hardly, there's not too many people that know this except for the real ones. The real ones know that when I was about eight years old, was I eight? That's about right. I was uh, the city breakdance champ in San Antonio. <laughs> yeah. Hey, pretty John, I was cold, bro. Like, like, if there was one thing I was great at, I was a really, really, really good breakdancer, man. So hold up, hold up. So yes, were, you, were you popping and locking or were you doing a windmill? No, 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 no. Look here. Now, I'm going to tell on myself. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I don't like being dirty. So I stayed on my feet okay. as much as possible. Okay. So I was a popper. And, man, I, 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 I could do that thing, man. I, I mean, I could moonwalk better than Mike Jackson and, and – uh, 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 Chris Brown and all them dudes, man, and and popping and locking and I was, being for real, I was super cold. Hey, that's super what's cold. up. That's yeah. what's up. Listen, y'all didn't know that, man. Y'all didn't know, yeah. Coach. Yeah. Man, listen, I appreciate your time. I appreciate all the knowledge and wisdom that you shared with us. Listen, y'all, this is the coach coaches co op podcast. One of my partners said, you know, you can treat it like a box of chicken. Whatever you want out the box, man, you take it. Whatever you don't want, you just leave it in there. Coach Peavy, man, you dropped a lot of gems. I really appreciate it. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time. Man, I really, really appreciate that. So listen, y'all, signing off, I'm Coach P for Coach Peavy. I just need y'all to remember that coaches do what most people can't. Until the next time, peace.